Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Format. Format are the market leaders in providing award-winning career sites to employers such as NPower, View, Atkins and Muller. The secret to the great results Format delivers for its clients is complete focus on the candidate experience, including long-term passive candidate engagement, while at the same time ensuring rock-solid and completely seamless integration with the ATS. To download Format's free ebook on planning and implementing a new careers website, go to www.bit.ly slash careerswebsite. Or to find out more about their services, go to www.format.com. And Format is spelt with the number four, then M-A-T. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 95 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Data and analytics continue to be key topics in discussions about talent acquisition. But what should employers actually be measuring? What value can data give them? And how widely is this data-driven approach to recruiting actually being adopted? To answer these questions and lots of others, I'm delighted to welcome Kyle Lagunas, Research Manager at IDC, as this week's guest. Kyle has been intensely studying the development of data-driven recruiting for a number of years, and has some fascinating insights to share. Hi, Kyle, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what it is you do? Absolutely. So my name is Kyle Lagunas. I am a research manager at a company called IDC, which is International Data Corporation. Um, we advise IT organizations on technology trends. I work with a lot of software vendors on um, innovative best practices, the adoption of new technologies. Um, the program that I run is called Emerging Trends and Technologies in Talent Acquisition. Um, and so I cover um, services and software um, as it relates to the broad world of talent acquisition. So I've had a lot of guests on the show talking about technology and talent acquisition, everyone from um, 
um, employers to, to 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 vendors and and kind of other commentators. Tell me what you're seeing um, in terms of your work. What 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 are the key trends at the moment? What should everyone be on the lookout for? Um, well, there it, it, there's nothing to, that, that's like just right around the corner. We're in this really interesting phase in innovation where um, technology got a little too far out ahead of adoption. And now we're waiting for practitioners um, to catch up. Uh, there's always been early adopters that have been the first uh, to leverage social media for recruiting, the first to uh, to build employer brand as a cornerstone of the recruiting strategy. And there's always been those that have been quick to take to this uh, notion that that candidate experience is a foundational um, element of uh, recruiting performance. Um, but now we're still playing catch up. One, one of the areas that I focus on most, and, and um, anyone who's familiar with my work has probably heard me talk about this um, in the last 18 months, I'm, I'm really focused on the adoption of analytics technology. I'm really focused on how measurement practices in recruiting are evolving. Um, and that's because there are so many new ways to to uh, attract and engage candidates. There's so many new technologies uh, for uh, finding those diamonds in the rough or those needles in the haystack. Um, but we're not really sure how to measure performance in a more modern recruitment recruiting world, um, especially around things like uh, like recruitment marketing, candidate experience. Um, so. I've really been focused on how we're leveraging these new tools that are available. Um, Matt, I'm sure any tool you've seen lately, you know, has its own reporting and analytics module or, or, or whatever in the product. Uh, but the challenge isn't, isn't the availability of analytics technology. It's the actual utilization of that technology. So something I've really been focused on. Um, you, you may or may not be surprised, but very few organizations are actually building out robust measurement practices that look beyond um, efficiency metrics in recruiting. Um, most folks are still just trying to do the best with the budget they've got and demonstrate where the budget has gone um, and maybe a high level of what came out of it. Um, but very few organizations are actually getting down to the nitty gritty uh, in recruitment marketing, for example. Like, um, how does this one email campaign actually drive tangible business outcomes? Um, how does it actually impact um, uh, talent acquisition efforts um, at the, uh, as a whole? And we're, we're getting there. The challenge is uh, the metrics that we need to measure um, these next practices are wholly new to us. Um, and I, I, I find that we're uh, not getting as much support um, or learning as much uh, from our counterparts in consumer marketing. That's really interesting. And I want to talk a bit more about um, analytics in a second. But before we do, though, just just kind of going back to what you said at the beginning about the gap between the the early adopters when it comes to uh, recruitment technologies um, and then the kind of mass adoption so that um, you know that that sort of adoption um, adoption um, um, cycle is that I mean can can we quantify how, how long that gap is is it is it getting smaller is it just impossible to say what what, what does it look like from your perspective oh, you know that's a really interesting question Matt I hadn't really ever thought about that um, and, and, and you know honestly now that I do though I mean it's that 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 timeline is going to, to vary by application. To be honest, um, they social media is a perfect example. So um, social media, the barrier to entry was non-existent because it's free. 
anybody can tweet, anybody can use Facebook, um, and I mean, depending on what you want to do, anybody can use LinkedIn um, for free. And so whenever we first started talking about using social media for recruitment, everybody was like, oh, heck yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm getting on board with this. I'm going to start actively networking on social media and while also networking within my own backyard. Um, and so adoption of social media for recruiting was like almost instantaneous. Now, you, yeah, you still heard about some of those old school HR functions that really wanted to police use of usage of social media. They were still very hesitant to open the floodgates and, and let people use um, social media for work. But look at it now, you know, it's inevitable that it was going to happen. And um, the floodgates opened and everyone made it out oh, relatively okay. Now we have websites like Glassdoor that are completely powered by social media, um, user generated content to share how things are going and, and uh, what their experience was with one employer versus another. Um, but then you look at something like uh, CRM, Candidate Relationship Management Systems. Um, Matt, I firmly believe that CRM is the next big system in recruiting. I think it'll become um, uh, the, the yin to the ATS yang, um, that it'll be something that we'll all need to use because we're getting better at attracting candidates, but we're not getting better at uh, engaging with them at, um, over time and at scale. Um, and, you know, adoption of CRMs is still relatively, if you look at big picture of all recruiting organizations, uh, adoption is still pretty low. Um, and, and, and even among those organizations that have adopted CRMs, the recruiters don't know what to do with it. It's, it's not a recruiting tool. It's a recruitment marketing tool. And most recruiters aren't recruitment marketers. So you see, it's like I can, I can look at some one, one application. I can look at one technology and see where things move quickly. And, and I can, you know, without having an advanced sciences degree, I can guesstimate why it's moved so quickly. But then with something else that seems like, well, it's uh, a given that it's going to be something uh, that's vital to the recruiting operation, uh, but adoption is still relatively so. There's a number of factors at play. So I, I can't quantify the timeline, uh, especially around analytics. I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked that, it's, that we're still so slow to adopt there. Um, but I think we're, gonna, we're starting to get better. I, I know I've been working hard to try and get the word out about it. Yeah, I mean, th I think that makes perfect sense. And I completely agree with you around recruitment marketing and CRMs and, um, you know, perhaps some of the, um, the the new skills that will need to be learned or brought into teams for, for those to, to work properly. So coming back to analytics, I think what will be interesting is to get a sense from you of, of you know, what's the, what's the potential in analytics? You talked about um, uh, recruitment teams measuring um, some basic stuff, but but what could they measure? What What's the potential in this space yeah I, I, again you're asking questions that i just love you for asking it's like I'm, you're teeing me up perfectly um so what is the potential with talent analytics especially as it relates to recruiting well i i, I defined um data-driven recruitment we talk about this at conferences all the time i'm sure that you do too matt um but we don't really know what data-driven recruiting is i i talk about it as the measurement and analysis of talent data which is structured and unstructured data um, and then the application of data-based insights to optimize uh, recruiting performance. That's what that's what data-driven recruiting is. Uh, going beyond gut um, to you know to optimize a recruiting operation, essentially. And and that's really what we're trying to get at with better measurement practices. Understand what's working. Um, understand what's not, and why not. 
and then doing better. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, but then you can go beyond just that lens of, of what is it, what's the value for recruiting, um, and then look at what's the value for the business. Um, I, I did a survey around measurement practices last year, and one of the questions I asked was, how are you reporting your, your, um, your town acquisition performance data uh, to the organization. And although I was glad to see that the vast majority were reporting performance data to the executive level, I think it's something like 91% or something was reporting to executive level, only 23% were reporting to hiring managers, which meant that 77% of hiring managers had absolutely no idea how things were going on in recruiting, except for when you know the recruiter tell them, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get you better candidates. I'm trying to find people for you. And hiring managers are just left to take us at our word. Now, you and I both know recruiting is getting really, really hard. It's always been a hard job. It's getting, I think, even more difficult because there's so much more noise out there. And it's, a, it's, it's impossible to cut through that noise if you're just taking shots in the dark. Um, with an better analytics, not only can you improve your performance in this crowded space, heavily competitive space, but you can demonstrate to the business where what you're working on and what outcomes you're have, you're getting and and what you can expect um, over the next three months or um, you know what's going on with your candidate pipeline. You can actually show the business tangible effort. You know instead of um, most of what we do happens outside of any system of record. You know we're we're um, we're filing through our Rolodex, figuratively speaking, and calling up everyone we can find. Um, but if we don't actually have anything to show for all that effort, um, if, if we're still struggling to get candidates in the pipeline or we're, we're struggling to find uh, folks that meet, that meet all the 25 requirements that this hire manager set out for us, um, it's, it's, it doesn't look good to the business when we just say, I'm doing my best, I'm, I'm doing what I can. Even though we are doing our best, even though we are doing what we can, no other business function in the organization is actually going to just tell, expect the business to take them at their word. Um, everyone else can actually demonstrate exactly what they're doing and what kind of outcomes it's having, especially if you look at consumer marketing, which has a huge budget. I mean, bigger budget than recruiting does. Um, and they can demonstrate what every one of those little clicks does, you know, what, what every layer of engagement does from, uh, for um, building up uh, brand and for building up uh, reputation in the market. And, and I think that we need to get better at that so that we can, can so we can have a more open dialogue around with the business around what's working and what's not. So, you know, we can get more buy-in from the business. What do you think, um, is, is sort of possible in this space or maybe what, what have you seen other, other, other people doing? Because, um, it, what, what kind of strikes me is a lot of the, the reporting analytics we see in recruiting is, is very much activity-based. So, you know, these are the, um, you know, this is what we're doing. This is, this is where people are in the process this is how many people we've hired etc etc um do you you know what do you think is possible in terms of um actually sort of tying that to you know outcomes to to, to business outcomes to performance to you know what, what does that look like yeah i think that's a good question too so uh, in order to um to answer your question i would I'd probably reference some of the services organizations this is where we're seeing the most innovation around measurement practices and adopt the most uh, adoption of analytics. And it makes sense, right? As services organizations, they're selling best in, best in class recruiting and companies are paying top dollar for it. So 
they better be better than in-house. <laughs> um, and they better be able to demonstrate what that investment is, is delivering, not just for the recruiting department, but for the business. So, for example, you just talked about um, some pipeline uh, metrics. Um, this is how many new applicants we got. This is how many uh, uh, people we have in process. Uh, this is how many hires we've made. This is where we've made those hires from. Well, then we take it one step further of just that pipeline stuff and say, this is the the uh, uh, the average NPS uh, for um, all the candidates in this super tight market over here. Um, this where we're 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 struggling constantly to get good candidates in the door, we're seeing a marginal increase in candidate experience. I believe, as your, uh, as your recruiting expert, that we should be focused heavily on improving candidate experience in this very tight market or for this very difficult job group um, so that we get a better reputation for being an employer of choice. And then all of this other stuff that we've always been doing will suddenly get easier uh, because we'll have a better reputation. Right now, we're doing all the things that we're supposed to, that we've always done, but people don't really like us. We don't have a very good reputation in the market. Look at our Glassdoor reviews for all of these um, these uh, nursing jobs that we're trying to fill. Nurses don't like it here, um, or nurses love it here. Our nurses love it here, but the nursing candidates are not liking the the experience. So we need to do something there. You know what I mean? We're we're, we're looking just one more metric to inform all of the rest, um, and then helping to make that. Uh, relevant to the business, helping them understand how something like candidate experience actually impacts all of the rest of the things that we've always talked to them about. Um, and, you know, if we say looking at looking at our talent competitors, looking at this hospital group over here, they are consistently getting the candidates that we're trying to to recruit. Um, and it's because they've invested it in in candidate experience. They've got like look at their look at their Glassdoor page and look at all their their uh, reviews from nursing candidates. They're great, and look at ours. They're they're not bad, but they're mediocre, and so we're losing because everyone else is mediocre. So, just kind of helping to un them to understand is getting them more involved in the process instead of making us look like we can't do the job. It's helping them understand what we're doing and what outcome it's having and how we can do better. Now, you've, you've, you've already answered this question implicitly, but I just wanted you to kind of, um, you know, maybe maybe pull out as a summary. What, what would be your advice to um, an organization that wants to sort of take this next step with their analytics? What, what, what should they be doing first? What should they be thinking about in the, in the medium to long term? Yeah, so I actually have built, a, I mean, a really, really high-level framework for um, moving the needle, as I call it. Um, and it, honestly, it's not, it's not rooted in deep science. This is just general recommendations I have after having studied this for the last two years. Um, and the first is really simple. Measure what you can. Measure what you can. Find out what your existing capabilities are with your existing technologies, with your existing service providers, with your existing vendors. Get a baseline understanding of the measurement of your existing measurement capabilities and start there. Uh, run just your standard report on an ATS and, and get a feeling for what you can easily, with, with minimal heavy lifting, um, start tracking uh, regularly. From there, have conversations with the business about what measures matter most. Um, do they really only care about hires or quality of hire? Is that ultimately what they care about is quality of hire? 
Well, okay, then we need to have a discussion around what we can measure now and what we would need to measure to get to, can to quality of hire um, and what it would take for us to be able to measure it. Uh, like what kind of investment or change do we need to make? Um, so those are just general high level about like measurement strategy, uh, measure what you can, measure what matters most, um, but then go a step further to the actual measurement practices and measure frequently, measure consistently. What I find is that most organizations, their measurement practices are, are uh, limited to running a quarterly report to get your director off your back and no real analysis, <laughs> which, you know, it's just like at once a quarter or maybe like sporadically. And you really can't get a good sense of how things are going if you're just taking a, a glance at your reporting module every other week or something or every six weeks. Um, but then beyond consistently and frequency in measurement, um, you also have to actually analyze this stuff. You have to actually report on it to the business and to your colleagues. And that's because the ultimate goal here, again, is to optimize your recruiting efforts. So measure what you can, measure what matters most, measure frequently and consistently, and analyze, report, and then optimize. That's, that's my highest level advice for organizations so final question so obviously you see um, a lot of what's going on in this space and a lot of um, uh, new technologies that are that are coming onto the market where where do you think we're going next what what have you got your eye on in terms of um, sort of future tech trends in this space i see a lot of buzz and activity around ai and machine learning these seem to be the two big uh big concepts for um, technology, enterprise technology in general these days. Um, AI does some really interesting things around matching candidates to jobs um, and helping recruiters to prioritize candidates uh, or prioritize applicants that are applying for jobs, um, to, you know, just seeing who's the best fit um, based on keyword uh, analysis from the resume and the job description. So that's kind of an AI. Um, and, you know, chatbots are another thing that a lot of people are excited about and, and think it's going to be really cool. But I don't know. I, then I'm, I'm reminded of my customer experience uh, or yeah, yeah, customer service experiences with some of, you know, like my cell phone operator or um, with, honestly, any service provider these days. You call in, you get the robo answer, and then you have to navigate through the robo call until you can get to a real life human being. So it's like, well, chatbots will probably do us a, uh, a favor in getting some of the more annoying candidate questions answered. But does it deliver a positive candidate experience? I'm not sure. Um, I think that we're still kind of holding our breaths to see what happens with recruitment marketing. We know that this is standard practice now. We know that this is the that this new model, attract and engage, breaking us out of reactionary recruiting. But we're really not sure where we're going to need the most help. Um, you know, uh, I, like I had said earlier in the in the uh, this conversation, I think that CRM is the next big system, but adoption has been really, really slow, um, and that's because organizations don't have new budget for these systems, um, and they're not they're not they're not free, right? So, um, I, I I I don't know. It's kind of difficult. I think that we'll start to see CRM becoming um, more foundational in the recruiting tech stack. And I think that we'll see our recruiting practices evolve around the CRM. We'll be reskilling our, rec our recruiting teams to where we have dedicated recruitment marketers, we'll have dedicated uh, analysts, we'll have dedicated community managers. And all of that restructuring is going to bring to light some new needs. And they'll probably mimic consumer marketing. Um, and so maybe we'll start to see some more 
um, marketing tools come uh, uh, coming out, and we'll we'll start to see some more advanced use cases for email marketing or for talent communities. Maybe we'll finally see talent communities really thrive with under the helm of uh, of a community manager. Who knows? Um, for now, I would really just like to see us do a better job of measuring what we're actually doing. Carl, thank you very much for talking to me. Hey, anytime. I appreciate your time. My thanks to Carl Lagunas. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, or download the show app on your smartphone. Just search for Recruiting Future in your app store. You can find all the past episodes at www rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.